Mercy Johansson, <laughs> another Johansson, married to Matthias Johansson. <laughs> and we have two boys, two very lovely boys. And we live out in the countryside, just near here, near the Atlanta. We love it. We love the countryside. We love being here. We love this church. We love you guys. We love the school. We're just so blessed. This is just an awesome place. Last time I preached was over a year ago. I stood here. I thought it was a good sermon. I thought it was quite good. <laughs> I may say so. Myself, but then th th that very week, the church was closed for a year. So I'm trying not to take that personally. <laughs> and here I am again to preach. But it's good to be here. It's good to be here with the worship and the baptisms and Oh, it's so nice to be back in church, right? Uh, let me start with a funny joke. I heard about these three sisters. They were 96 years old, 94 years old, and 92 years old. And they lived together in this house. And the 96-year-old sister, she says, oh, I'm going to take a bath. So she goes up the stairs, she turns on the water, and she puts one foot in the bath, and she says, I don't remember if I'm getting in or getting out. So the 94-year-old, she shouts up, don't worry, I'll come and help you. No problem. So she goes up the stairs. She gets halfway up the stairs. She says, I don't remember if I'm going up or coming down. <laughs> so the 92-year-old sister goes, oh, I hope I don't get that forgetful. And she knocks on wood for good luck. And then she shouts, I'll come and help you both as soon as I see who's at the door. Let's get into the word. Find your Bible wherever it is, if it's on paper or in your phone. Let's open your Bible. Many of you know that I love to garden. <laughs> I love to be in the garden. I just love hanging out there. It's so, so great. But I'm not that good at it, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not that good at it. And I've spoke to gardeners who have beautiful gardens, and I've, I've said, how do you get such a nice garden? And they say, well, it took 20 years it took 30 years, so I know it takes a long time to have a nice garden. I've made many mistakes. I've bought plants one year, and I've put it in the ground, and I've watered it, and I've looked at it, and I've said, grow. And then winter comes, and spring comes, and I've ripped it out by mistake, thinking it was a weed. Just not very good gardener. So people say, if you want to know the difference between a weed and a valuable plant... Pull on it. If it comes out easy, it's your valuable plant. <laughs> but my favourite thing to do when I'm in the garden is just to walk around in the summertime and just to eat fruit, just to eat vegetables, just to stuff my face. Gardening and eating, I mean, there's nothing better than that. But we know that from in the Bible there are hundreds of references to gardens and gardening and plants in the Bible. Some of the most important events in the Bible happen in a garden, right? The first one we know of, the Garden of Eden. And then the Garden of Gethsemane. And also, the cross is said to be in the garden, a garden of Golgotha. All through the Bible, there are many descriptions of gardens and gardening. In Amos, it says, I will bring Israel back. They will rebuild, plant vineyards, make gardens and eat. 
in Song of Solomon. This is a love story, and you need to read it yourself. He talks about fruit all the time in, in this book. He says, I have come to my garden, to my bride, he says. In John, Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. In Luke, faith is like a mustard seed, which is planted in a garden and grew to be the biggest of all plants. In Romans, we have been grafted in. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. In Corinthians, I planted, Apollos watered, but God made it grow. I mean, you get the picture. God loves gardening. <laughs> it even says in, uh, in Genesis that he walked in the garden in the cool of the day. I mean, sun setting in the garden and just walking around, it's, it's, it's calming. For me, I also see many pictures when I'm walking in the garden of, of Christian life and, and how God sees us. When I walk around, I'm just a, so blessed by creation and amazed by people who say there is no God. <laughs> I'm amazed by the goodness of God and the generosity of God. And I see that if I take one apple seed or if I take one potato or one small, small, small tomato seed, I can feed my family for the rest of our lives from those small seeds. That's how God is. That's how generous he is. We, he just multiplies. So let's turn in our Bibles to the parable of the sower in Matthew 13, verses 3 to 8. And let's read. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering his seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It quickly sprang up, but because the soil was shallow, it, it withered and died. But when the sun came... Uh, sorry, I read that. Other seed fell on the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still, other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop. When we read this passage, it's clear what it's talking about. We all get, get the point, we get the meaning. This farmer, he sows his seed on different soils. It sounds simple, we understand it, but it's not so simple. Jesus spoke to people in parables for a reason, in stories for a reason. Jesus wants us to not be people who see, but don't see. He wants us to be people who hear the word. The disciples asked him in verse 10, why do you speak to the people in parables? And Jesus replied, because while having the power of seeing, they do not see. This is in verse 13. While having the power of hearing, they do not hear. They do not understand or grasp spiritual things. For the nation's hearts have grown hard. Otherwise, they would see with their eyes and understand with their hearts and turn to me, and I would heal them spiritually. Yeah, it's easy to see what this passage is talking about and to hear what Jesus is saying, but he wants us to see what's underneath. 
He doesn't want us to just read this on the, fa- on the surface, on face value. He wants us to go deeper. He wants us to get into a deep relationship with him. That's why he speaks in parables, so that we would go deeper into it. When we read and don't fully understand, our minds are not renewed. Nothing happens in us. Our hearts are not changed. But when we search out a meaning, we can turn to God. We can be healed spiritually. Proverbs 25, 2 says, It's the glory of God to conceal things, but it's the glory of kings to search it out. You know, God loves to hide things in his word that can, he can reveal to us as we dive in, as we go deeper. He'll reveal things to us. But I, I hear you. You're saying, I'm not a king. But let's read Revelation 1.6. It says, Christ loves us. That's true. And by his blood, he set us free from our sins. We know that's true. He lets us rule as kings and serve God the Father as priests. So that must also be true. We rule as kings. We are kings. So let's search it out. Let's go deeper. Let's find what's hidden from view in the scriptures. If it's a parable, you know that there's more. There is more underneath. In this parable, the farmer is God, right? The seed is the word. And the soil is the heart. So if the soil is the heart, then those different types of soil must be different types of of condition of heart. The path, this is hard ground. It's packed down. We know what a path is like. We've walked in the forest and it's nothing can grow there. Nothing grows there. The rocky ground, it's got very shallow soil and lots of rocks. I mean, we know we live in small land. (laughs) This is why half of Sweden moved to America. (laughs) The soil with the thorns, this is good soil. We know it's good soil because thorns grow. (laughs) Something is growing there, but it's not the right something. And then the good soil. The soil is both fertile and it's weed-free. It's a good place to have a productive crop. But this is important for, for you to know. There is no fault with the farmer. And there is no fault with the farmer's seed. (laughs) If anything is happening to the seed, it's because of the soil it's growing in. It's because of the condition of our hearts. So now we can start to think, well, I think I have pretty good soil. (laughs) You know, I think I'm doing quite good. And yes, we are doing good. We're all doing good. But listen to this. In my garden at home, uh, I don't just grow one plant in the whole garden. I don't just grow cabbage everywhere, cabbage in the borders and cabbage by the roadside and cabbage by. I grow many plants. I have many seeds that I plant in a small space and they all grow together. This is the same with God. He doesn't just grow one thing in our hearts. He wants to develop many plants, many seeds in us. This is a process, though. It may take our whole lives, but he's the one that transforms us. He's the one that does a good work in us. Yeah, 
You may be doing great with love, with that seed of love that God has given you. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with, with love. But how are you doing with patience, that seed of patience that he's trying to grow in you? You know? Or, or how are you doing with that seed of discipline that he's trying to develop in you? Do you spend your whole time on something else, screens or whatever, and no time nearly in the Word? Or how are you doing in, with this giving seed that he's, he's trying to develop in you? How is it to tithe? What does it feel like? It's true that you can tell a tree by its fruit. <laughs> so what fruit can we see on your life? What fruit is growing in you? In Galatians 5.22, it says, uh, God is trying to develop these fruit in you, the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And that's just for starters. <laughs> and from that list, we can see that we're not quite there. We don't have all of those gifts, all of those fruit. There might be that one person that's absolutely driving you crazy. <laughs> And that seed of patience that God gave you, it fell on that stony ground. It came up a bit, but then it was choked out. The condition of our heart is not finished. We have not reached the goal. Perfect and weed-free, no, we are not. <laughs> we are in a process. So what do we do? This summer we uh, went away as a family and we had a lovely time and it was really sunny, as you, as you remember, and also rained a little bit, so I didn't really think about the garden much. I just thought, okay, it's doing good, it's got sunshine, it's got rain. But when I came home, the weeds had almost overtaken the whole vegetable patch. Now, I didn't plant weeds, okay? <laughs> I didn't plant weeds, but they're there, they're waiting. They're waiting for when I'm not looking. They're waiting for when I'm not tending to my garden and pulling them out. They come up in small shoots, and if I don't pull them there and then, then they grow quickly and take over. It's the same with our heart. It's the same with the soil of our heart. Even though we, we have many good lessons, we have so much good teaching and, and preaching from the Word. Even though we might have been to that amazing Christian conference Oh, that one hour of power was so, so powerful. Even though those things are happening in our hearts, we might have wrong attitudes that are starting to grow or ideas that come in, our own ideas, ideas about other people or other things or how people think about us that come in and start to grow as small seeds. If we get complacent, if we don't pull them out quickly, they can begin to grow. Soon, the good seed that God has planted will be covered in things that we don't want. I like to read the Bible, too. And I can admit that I sometimes just read it without reading it. Sometimes I skip over parts like Judges or those first books. <laughs> And sometimes I might read it quickly because I'm doing a Bible reading plan. I've got to get through it in a year. 
So I read my daily portion and I haven't really read it. So what helps me is I, I try and find a story in the Bible that I can relate to, someone that I can see myself in, where I think, yeah, I might have done that. How did, it, how did, they, how did they, they react in that situation? So here's one of those stories. Let's read uh, Mark 9, 21. This is the boy with the evil spirit. <clears throat> Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It often throws him into the fire or the water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. If you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe, help my unbelief. The man tells Jesus his problem and then directly says to Jesus, if you can do anything. Then afterwards, he says, oh, I do believe. I'm sorry, I do believe, but just help my unbelief. How many times have we said to Jesus, if you can do anything or if you can just help me through this time or this problem, if you can just get me through. This man had two very prominent plants growing in his garden at that time. He had belief and he had unbelief. But he quickly came to Jesus and said, help me with this unbelief. Take it away. I don't want to be an unbeliever. Let's read one more story that I relate to. And this is, sometimes God might speak to us clearly, but still we don't believe. <laughs> in this story, Gideon um, is being, Israel is being persecuted by the Midianites. When God came to Gideon and said that he would deliver Israel through Gideon's hands. And Gideon says, prove it. <laughs> so let's read Judges 6:36 to 40. Gideon said to God, if you will save Israel by my hand as you promised, look, I will place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there's only dew on the fleece and all the ground is dry, then I will know that you will save Israel by my hand as you said. And that's what happened. Gideon rose early the next day. He squeezed out the fleece and wrung out the dew. He got a bowl full of water. Then Gideon said, yeah, but don't be angry. Let me make one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. But this time, make the fleece dry and the ground covered in dew. That night, God did so. Only the fleece was dry and all the ground was wet. I mean, can you hear God's sigh? Can you see his eye roll? You know, first Gideon said, if, if you will save Israel by my hand, prove it. He didn't believe God would use him to save Israel. Then when God answered his request, he didn't believe God had done it. So he says, please, can you do it again? <laughs> Along with the seeds of, of, of courage and bravery that God had planted in Gideon, Gideon was also having lots of unbelief, unbelief about God promising to do this miracle, but also unbelief when God does what he asked him to do. Eventually, though, Gideon trusted God. He had more tests along the way, but he believed him on a deeper level 
than what he could see with his eyes and then went on to deliver Israel. Deal quickly with everything growing in your life. If it's from God, water it and let it grow. If it's not from God, remove it quickly. Keep the soil of your heart clean and weed-free. But remember, you're not alone. You have the Holy Spirit. He's your helper. Speak to him. He's your friend. Discover then who God says he is, and then discover who God says you are. I am a child of God. I am a conqueror. God has a plan for me so that when wrong thoughts or attitudes come, you can recognize them as not being who God says you are or not being who God says you should be. Deal with any habits that make it hard for you to hear the word of God. God wants a close, intimate relationship with us. By hearing his word and putting it into practice and by how we hear the word. So Romans 10 tells us how we do this. It says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Again, this is a scripture that I can, we, can, we all know it by heart and we can say it and skip over it. We don't really say, what? What? <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> you know? But God wants us to search and, and explore the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing comes through the word. So that means that when we get into the word, when we go deeper and we start to search and we start to compare Bible versions and we, and we start to ask questions, then God speaks through there to us, to our situation, through that underlying passage that comes to us privately in our hearing. He speaks to us personally through his word. In doing all this, then, what do we get? Well, the end of the passage about the sower says this. In Matthew 13, 23, it says, But he who received seed on the good ground, and he who hears the word, oh, sorry, is he who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit. He will produce sometimes a hundredfold, sometimes sixty and sometimes 30-fold. So we produce fruit, but it's not just one fruit. God multiplies the fruit. He multiplies it 100 times or 60 times, 30 times. So those salvations that we're longing for, we can see hundreds. We believe the word. We can see hundreds of healings if we believe the word. If the word of God is planted in your hearts, you can expect to bear fruit a hundred times. So let's start today. Start with me, with this sentence. God, I believe, because we do believe. But help my unbelief, because we all have some unbelief. Going forwards, if the church is closed after this message then remember that we don't get our word from here, from the stage. We get our word from the word of God. Hmm? The farmer is always sowing seeds in you. Okay, So be careful to take care of that soil. If you feel like you're in a drought, if you feel like the ground is hard and rocky, 
Ask the Holy Spirit for help. He can help you. God's word is just waiting there to be heard. He wants you to go deeper, to go underneath, to search for him, because he will be found. Thank you. Thank you.